Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let this life within me cry. It's holy. It's a sacred life. It's the grace of God that we can be called the sons and daughters of God. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to Sunday morning. Are you out there? Good morning. All right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Well, we're happy for this Thanksgiving weekend. We're happy to have uh, time to gather together. Happy to be Christian. Thankful for the grace of God that's been given unto us. Thankful for the redeeming power that God has given and in a time like this, to just ask this question, if, if you didn't have God and you looked at the world around you, where would you be if you didn't have God? We have much to be thankful for. Amen. We had a wonderful week. I want to just welcome you all, by the way. Welcome all the visitors. We have the Gilmeisters from the coast out here. We have... Others that we haven't seen, God bless you. We have some other visitors here. May you feel welcome here this morning. I wanted to make mention, we have a sister in our midst. She's not here today, but she turned 90 years old yesterday, and that's Sister Lydia Wild. So 90 years, God has blessed her, given her a good life, and much of that serving God. We thank the Lord for that. So, Sister Lydia, where you are this morning, God bless you. She caught up to Brother Reinald, who turned 90 about seven months ago. But they both made it there. And her desire was that we could, she could make the rapture. And not, not, I mean, you'll make it either way, but there'll be a certain portion, the living will go directly into the rapture. I mean, I, I would pray that. I, I pray that the song you sang, Sister Terry, would hold true. Before the roses bloom again, this world is not my home. Amen. Amen. I just wanted to also mention um, uh, we had a couple of notes here this morning. Uh, Brother Tim Pruitt, they're actually having church for the first time in 25 days. Their church has been shut down because of COVID and different things that have been going on, and we just pray that God would bless them and remember them. Brother Ron Spencer also, he made a note to us today, and he indicated that uh, he was having church for the, having church as well, but they're having one service today, but they're also having a funeral. They've had three deaths from COVID in the last two weeks, and he said, we are closer home today than we were yesterday. And he said this next week he has several tests being run. But he says, I want to thank God for the com coming miracle and the continuing miracle. He wasn't supposed to be alive beyond four months. That was back in June. So he was here to, he was able to speak meetings for us. So we remember him. Um, also, I had a call from Brother Norm Lacousier, however you pronounce it. He's having surgery today. And it's on his hip, and he's had complications. And he asked to be remembered to the church. Would you all agree that we remember our brother? Amen. I, I, we're going to pray in a moment. I also want to make mention 
that uh, we had a wonderful week this last week. It was a last Sunday service. How many enjoyed our brother Darren Boyer? Uh, it was such a, such a blessing. We thank God for working through him. Wednesday, our brother Andrew Dodd spoke a wonderful service. And then on Friday, Brother John Perizok um, spoke for the youth, and God really was dealing with hearts, and as a result of that, we're going to have a baptism today. So we have one service today, but we're going to make much of the presence of God. Amen. Let's just sing uh, Amazing Grace. I, I, I just... I don't know if you can be thankful enough, friends, for what God has done for us. But let's sing this course to Him, and then we're going to pray. Remember some of these requests before we turn to the Word. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that Yeah. 
heads this morning. Heavenly Father, with thanksgiving in our hearts and praise and adoration to you, we bow our heads. We've gathered together this morning. So grateful, Lord, that we can be found walking in step with the gospel. Walking, O Lord, by the Spirit, not of disobedience, Lord, but by the Spirit of the living God this morning. Father, we're thankful for the grace that you've given to us in our lives. We depend on it daily, Lord. We need it daily. And Lord, we need your grace this morning once again. Father, we've gathered in this morning. You see where there's churches around the land. You see in different places they're not able to gather. There's churches that have been under affliction of the pandemic of this last day. Lord, we are your sons and we are your daughters. And we're asking wherever your people are gathered, you would raise a standard. Father, we pray that you would guide us through the maze of this life. Be with our brethren in the different places. Lord, this morning we also want to bring our brother Norm LeCousier before you. Today he'll be operated. He didn't know if it was this morning or this afternoon. But he felt it on his heart enough to call us and ask that the church would remember him. Lord, we unite our hearts on behalf of our brother. Lord, we look for the day that we could sit across the table from him. Lord, with all of those that have gone on before. Father, we know it must be very soon. And Lord, while we're here, we want to make much of this time we have gathered together. Would you come by here this morning, Lord? Would you be welcome to every pew and every heart? Lord, we ask your anointing be not on just the minister, but also on the hearers. Now as we open your word, may you bless this service, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're running behind a little already, but let's just go directly to the word. Thank you to the musicians. Thank you for the specials this morning. I'm always so appreciative of the specials and the singing and the worship. We're going to turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. I know it's Thanksgiving, and, you know, sometimes you try to take a service that's geared towards the, uh, the, the time that we're in, and and yet, at the same time, we want to follow God. And so I've, I do have some things on my heart this morning, very much on my heart, and I need grace to be able to minister it. So I'm asking that you would be attentive. I'm asking that you would pull. Uh, you make a huge difference to the service. You know, why, why you know, would we do this? Brother Brandon would make a simple thing and say, raising your hand can make a difference. Saying amen can make a difference. Agreeing with your heart can make a difference. And then resisting also makes a difference. So let's be all in this morning. Are we all in? Amen. One service. Let's make much of it today. Hebrews 12, chapter 12, verse 18. For you are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, that's speaking of the mount in the time of Moses, 
and the sound of the trumpet and the voice of words and the voice they that heard entreated them that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. It was a fearful, fearful thing. But you are come, verse 22, but you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, the church that comes after Jesus Christ, born by the same, born by water, by blood, and by spirit, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Verse 25, this is really where we're taking our text from this morning. See that you refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven." whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the redeeming, or the removing rather, of those things that are shaken as of those things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. The world is falling apart. Things that we thought were stable, companies that had been in existence for years are falling apart. Governments are falling apart. The morality of the nation is falling apart. There's one thing that cannot fall apart. That is the kingdom of God that we have come to. And this is what Paul says in verse 28. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let me read that again. We receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. Amen. God bless His Word. You may have your seat. I don't know if you can just give me a little bit of volume. <clears throat> I, I would like to speak on the anointed kingdom on earth today. And if I can put a subtitle, I don't, I don't want to put this way out there, but if I can put a subtitle... What is the message to you? And uh, I just need to move along here now. So Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer, and there's a part in that says, Thy kingdom come, and it says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So thy kingdom come. And sometimes we put that off as somewhere way off in the future, way off uh, in the distance, and we think that, well, 
when Jesus comes and when we all get to heaven, but we don't often see what has come in our midst. And one of the greatest challenges for the believer in any age is not just to see what God did in the past and not just to look at what he's done in the future, but to look at what he's doing right now. And it's easy for us, even who have been in the message, to point back to what God did in the days of William Branham. Brother Branham, the prophet, there'll never be another like it. And that voice is still going on today. And yet, it's the, it's, it was not just a prophet that came with a gift like all the other prophets, but this was a messenger with that, that just like John the Baptist was, he was a messenger of the covenant. And, and this was a messenger at a certain time, at a certain season, at a certain dispensation. And we want to recognize what that means. And I, I, I'll need to labor a little bit with that, but I want to I take these thoughts this morning, and I need you really to, to be with me. Thy kingdom come, and, and I believe God has spoken to us. What we've received is not just a prophetic office. It is the Son of Man being revealed again. Now the office of the Son of Man, which Brother Branham was used in that office, that office is gone. But the ministry of the Son of Man is still here today. That ministry has not stopped. That ministry is still going on. As much as Jesus was the Messiah, he also anointed Messiahs, of which we are a part of it. Brother Andrew spoke, and he spoke a, a really, touched on a really good thought. We are not just reflectors. We are not just reflectors, but we are expressing the life. It's, it's wonderful to be able to go back and point to something that Brother Branham said or did and, and repeat that. And that's wonderful, but you're actually just reflecting history. But when that life comes in you and it expresses itself, you are not just a reflector, you're expressing another kingdom. So now let me just take this for a moment because... I want to take this from the aspect of a king. It was in the times of Samuel and that Israel did one of the most grievous things that they ever could do. Israel was the called out, the church, and they, like, like anybody else, they're called out, they're moved, God has moved them, God has directed them, the called out, they came into a position, they came into a land, and when they came into the land, they started to look at the other nations. Just like the Ephesians did. The Ephesians came. They were the called out. The Ephesian church age. They were the called up. But there came a time when something crept back in. And they began to think more of what the world thought than what God thought. And, and, and when they thought of it. Now I know you've heard these things. But I need you to act like you heard it. You never heard it like this before. I'll tell you what, if Jeremiah was in the service this morning, he would be rejoicing. If David was in the service this morning, he would be rejoicing. There's an element of commonality here, but there's a spirit of God that ought to rejoice at the word that's unfolding before us. 
and it's still unfolding. So at the time of Samuel, Israel did one of the most grievous things. They sought a king like the other nations. And Samuel was so grieved, he just said to him, he says, why do you do this? Why are you looking for a king? God is your king. Why would you need anything different? And, he, and they said, nonetheless, we want a king. And he says, the king, he'll take away, you know, he'll, he'll force you to take your men. He'll take your goods. He'll take these things. We want a king. They got their wish. Be careful what you wish for. And God said, they have not rejected you, Samuel. They've rejected me. And you take the message Brother Branham spoke in May 15th, 1960, rejected king. Now, it was a, a grievous thing, and they finally got their Saul. And after they got their Saul, and they saw what happened and what he did, it was a man, uh, it was the people's choice. But then God said, I've got a David also. And David will not only be your king, he's a man after my heart, but he will be a type of the coming king, which is Jesus Christ. We hail, all hail King Jesus. He is Lord. One group of people on earth can, can worship him as Lord. Now let's turn Jeremiah 23. We just turn to a couple scriptures. Jeremiah makes this declaration talking about the coming king. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. So this would not be a king like any other kingdom. This would not be a king who is an elected leader. This would not be a king who was given a kingship by succession. This was going to be a king that was going to come from another place. And it says, In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. So this king was going to be a king like other, no other king. Jump with me over to Zechariah chapter 9. We're laying some foundation here. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. So this is addressing both Gentiles and it's addressing, addressing the Jewish people. Zion in the Old Testament refers to the Gentiles. So he says, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Thy king cometh unto thee. He is just. He is having salvation. He is lowly. He is riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. So that actually happened in the time when, when Jesus came. And I believe it was just a week. They call it Palm Sunday. It was a week before the, the crucifixion. He was coming into the city. And the Bible says that there was an uproar. All the city was moved. Something was going on. And, 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 and they're trying to stop the people from praising him. And if they stopped from praising him, Jesus would say, the rocks would cry out. This is the king that the earth had waited for. This is the king that, the, that was, was desired to come. The desire of all people. The desire of all nations. Jump ahead to Isaiah chapter 9. We're, we're going through a few scriptures quickly. Isaiah chapter 9, you know, we're coming when we, I, I went out the other day, went shopping to, walked into Costco. Well, they didn't have their Halloween display up anymore. They had their Christmas display up. Yeah. <laughs> At any rate, we come to Christmas, 
And people like to talk about a child that's born. This is a good scripture to refer people to. Unto us a child is born. Wonderful. Everybody likes that at Christmas time. And it says, listen, we're not there yet. Don't worry. Don't worry. I know it got colder overnight, but don't worry. We've still got some time. And he says, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now listen, I don't know where that fits into the Trinitarian doctrine. A child is born, a son is given, but he's called the Mighty Father, the Everlasting God. He's called all of these things. I like this next verse. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. When this child was born, the earth would never be the same. And not just because he stayed an infant, but because he increased in word and in stature. And he took his place in the scripture. And that from that time on, the world would never be the same. And because he came, that's why we're living under this message today. That's why there's an increase today. It's not because God, God, just, you know, we're trying to hang on to something. No, it's him. It's his work. It's him working in me. Paul said, works in me mightily. And it says, upon the throne of, of, and of the increase of his government, peace shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, so to order it, to establish it with justice, with judgment and with justice from henceforth forever, the zeal of the Lord will perform this. Are you hearing me okay? I feel like I'm straining my voice this morning a little bit. Thank you, if you can help me. Now, I, I want to take it this way. We know that this scripture was fulfilled when Jesus was born. And when Jesus was born and when he came to earth, and I'm going to reference a few scriptures in the, Old in the New Testament here now. I, I want you to look at it this way. This was the king. And to the natural eye at that time, and that was to the Is Israelites, they were looking for a general. They were looking for somebody to lead them out of bondage to Rome, but they didn't recognize the bondage of sin that they were under. They had all the religion, they had all the orders, they had everything God had given, they had the, 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 the word of Moses, they had all of these things, but they never recognized that this was on another level. And so when Jesus came he came, but rarely do you actually find Jesus referring to himself as the king. He actually refers to himself as, and, and his coming he refers to, and he says, the kingdom of God is come to you. So he doesn't just limit it to one vessel or one office, but he's saying the kingdom of God. Now, I, I want you to take that principle. He actually refers to Zechariah, which says, thy king cometh unto thee. He says, this scripture is fulfilled when, it, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem. But let's just take Mark chapter 9 for a moment. We're, we're still working through just a little bit of background. Mark chapter 9, and he says, Verily I say unto you, verse 1, that there, there be some of you that stand here that shall not taste, death, taste of death till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. Amen. So now 
the people that lived in Jesus' time, there were some... Now, you, you would think, well, he must be talking about the resurrection. No, he was talking about present time, when Jesus was on earth. And then the scripture immediately goes to when Jesus takes Peter and James and John and leads them to a high mountain place apart, and he becomes transfigured and changed. What were they seeing? The kingdom of God coming to them. And, and, and that's where Peter, you know, he still was having difficulty comprehending. He says, Lord, it, it sure is good for us to be here, isn't it? Let, let's build three tabernacles, one for Moses and one for Elijah and one for you. And a voice came from heaven and said, this is my son. Hear ye him. This is another voice. Listen, how many times, I don't know, you've heard the message, you've heard the titles, but it says, a greater than Solomon is here. A greater than William Branham is here. A greater than a prophet is here. And we sometimes lose sight of it. We, we need to recognize this is God appearing in flesh in the office of Son of Man again. And that anointing did not as it stayed on him, that anointing that's come has not left us. If we are open to it. This is not the work of man. This is the work of God. Now, let's just jump over to Matthew chapter, back to Matthew 12 rather. Matthew chapter 12, verse 24. When the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? But if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? He says, therefore... They shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, he says, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Now, we need to recognize even the time that they were living in with the time that we live in. And I realize this morning I'm speaking to a great portion of the congregation where you may have come into the message through a friend or an associate. You may have come in through uh, just by being born into a family. But that doesn't, and I'm going to just be open and honest and blunt at times. That does not mean you're in the message. That means you're in a place where God can bring you in. And I'm going to say just because you're the son of a minister I, you, or a daughter of a minister or a deacon... That does not qualify you to be a part of this kingdom. Amen. This kingdom is only by those that have a direct relationship with the king. Amen. No other part will do it. You can't come in by third party association. 
And you can't come in because your name is on the directory. I'm sorry if this is blunt, but it's got to be that way. And he says, and I, I, I just need to say it this way. That doesn't mean you're not the seed of God. But you need to come to the place where you recognize he's my king. And I'm going to say it. The pressure is coming and it will be greater where if you don't have this relationship, you cannot stand. Now I'm thankful. I'm thankful for brother like brother Dwayne Ashley here. You've all seen brother Dwayne when he came to church. You watch what God did for this young man. He changed him. Now it didn't happen overnight. I mean he came in, brother Dwayne, I'm sorry if I'm picking on you this morning. But he came in, <laughs> he's happy for it. But Brother Dwayne came in, his hair was shaggy, he was like dressed uncomfortable. One day, you know, and, and the deacons were like, this, this guy's coming to church, he's always like this, is he not getting it? One day he shows up clean shaven wearing a suit, and like the deacons fell back. Is it, who is this guy, you know? I, I'm just saying, that's one brother. But take a brother like Brother Marshall. He didn't come in by association. These brothers didn't come in by association. And they didn't, and they're not here existing because they're part of an association. They have come in by a direct call of the king. And we all need to come to that call. Whether you're in the best home in this church, whether you're in the best, you need to come and hear that call. You're not a part of the kingdom just because you are born into a certain home. That does not qualify you. Now let's, let's just go a step further. Luke chapter 10. Now this is Jesus talking to the 70. Now remember there's been a separation here. And Brother Branham would actually speak, I believe, in the message unveiling of God. Sometimes you say things in a certain way. And you say things in such a way to thin down. You say them in a way that you would cause some to leave. Now, I, I've asked this question to myself, and I've asked it to others. Because, and I, Brother Harold, you, you gave sometimes the best example of what is the message. The message, if you, if you want to take it, I, I, I'll have to try to go, go by memory on this because I didn't write it down. There was four blind men. They were coming to the circus and they all wanted to feel the elephant. One of the men came up to the elephant and he touched it and they said, what is the elephant? And they said, it's a wall. And, and the other blind man happened to grab him by the tail and he says, what is the elephant to you? I said, it's a rope. I, I, I don't know if I can remember all of these. Then the other one was touching him by the trunk and he says, what is it to you? It's a vacuum cleaner hose. <laughs> And I don't know what the last one was, if it was, if it was the ear or whatever it was. All of those were actually parts of the elephant. But it was not all of the elephant. And I'm going to say, holiness, doctrine, is part of the message. There's been some people, they all only look for a standard. And when the deeper things of the word came, they could not receive it. But the message is not just holiness and a standard, though it's part of it. And then there's those that, that, that came to the message because 
It was against the establishment. Oh, I like it when I don't have to be a conformist, when I can do whatever. And there's people that sit like that in church. As long as you're here because you're against something. You know, and, and just because you're, you're not going to last very long. You've actually, the hour is coming when you've got to make a decision. Amen. And it's getting closer and closer to home. Yeah. And so you've got to be able to say, am I in or am I out? Because there's only going to be two classes at the end. Those with the mark of the beast and those with the seal of God. And I'm saying it's coming home. Brother Ed, you're preaching awfully straight to believers. Yes, because in this church, there are some who may be seed of God, but they have not come to the spark yet. They've got the gasoline. They've got the hubcaps polished. They've got doctrine. They were raised in the right home. But there still has not been a spark. There are those that are saying, I don't, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't do those things. And they sit there stagnant. It's not good enough. It will not last. Show me your heart. What do you love? What do you go after? I'm going to say, I can look at the outside, but I'm not the judge. God's the judge. I see people that can come for years and years, conform, conform, but never really transformed. Never enter into worship. Never does it, you know, and yet they can do it at a ball game. They can do it, and I, I know there's not a lot of ball games now, so in a way I think it's a blessing that we don't have all these other things. Because if this isn't your joy, to be in the house of God, to worship God. There is something that's wrong. And I question whether you're part of the establishment or you've actually come into the kingdom yet. Now, I'm, 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 I'm jumping big gaps here, but I'm sharing my heart. Jesus had 5,000. They said, oh, the kingdom of God has come. This is wonderful. Look at the blessings. Free bread. Free fishes. I like it. Uh, you know, I, I've watched a little bit of the, the Chosen series, and there's a scene in there where Peter, Peter catches all the fish, and, 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 and they go and use it to pay off his debt. I don't know if it's like that. And as Peter's walking away with Jesus, he's saying, he's come follow me, and he says, hey, do you want to do this thing again a couple times with the fish? Like, we could have great, great success with this. <laughs> No, 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 no. You're missing it. Oh, this is not about rules and regulations. This is not about truth. Truth is not just a data bank somewhere. Truth is a spirit. Truth is a person. Truth is Jesus Christ. That's truth. The devil can impersonate data. But he can't impersonate the spirit of truth. So Jesus is coming and he's gone from 5,000 now down to 70. And he commissions the 70 here. And we know there's another step to this, but let's just dwell on this. So in verse 1 he says, After these things the Lord appointed another 70. They sent them out two by two into every face in every city. And he, and he sends them out now. The king is here, but the kingdom is with him. The kingdom 
if you actually read kingdom, it, it means subjects or those that are part. So the, the kingdom of God, if the kingdom of God is here, we can all identify with Malachi 4 and say, yes, God has visited this generation. But it needs to go beyond that. And you need to see yourself in your place as much as Malachi 4 saw his place. So here, here he goes and he says, I send you out, and I'm going to paraphrase some of this. I go your ways, I send you forth as lambs among wolves, verse 3. Carry neither a purse or a script nor shoes. Don't salute no man, verse 4. Verse 5, say peace to be this house, and if the peace there, it'll turn to you again. And keep going and drinking in house, etc., etc. Verse 9, and heal the sick that are therein. And say unto them, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Now that took an act of faith, saying, Jesus commissioned me, and he told me I'm a part of the kingdom, and therefore I have a right to bring healing to this home. Now that's taking a step further. That's saying, I'm a part of the promise. It's not good enough to say, I'm in a church, and we've got some good ministers, and we've had some good meetings, you know, and and I, I think we need to go beyond and say, I'm a child of the king. I'm here. That minister's preaching that because I'm in this service. I prayed before I came to this service. I have a need. God's directing Brother Andrew. He's directing Brother Ed. He's directing Brother Moses. He's directing Brother Max. He's directing them because I'm here. And that's exactly the fulfillment of the scripture. I send you. Elijah the prophet. The reason Elijah came is because there were seeds that were there. Now, I I trust you're with me. He says, now the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. So now it's not just Jesus, but now it's the followers of Jesus. And he says, and into whatsoever city you enter, verse 10, and they receive you not, go your ways into the streets of the same and say, even the very dust of your city which cleaveth unto us we do wipe off. Notwithstanding, be sure of this, that the kingdom of God is come nigh to you. You know, it actually comes nigh to us in every service. There was a young man who came to Jesus and he asked an honest question. And he says, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said unto him, he says, and he says, well, what, do you, what do you say? He says, well, that you love God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul and that you love your neighbor the same way And Jesus looks and he sees he answered discreetly. And he says, you're not far from the kingdom. Now, he could have been like everybody else. He could have been in the church services, could have been there. But when he could actually answer. So what is the message to you this morning? Is it a wall? Is it a rope? Is it a vacuum cleaner hose? Is it a loose piece of cloth like an ear? What is the message to you? I'll tell you what it is. It's coming. There's... There's different aspects of anointing. To some, it it lifted us up. But if you stay, if you continue in my word, Jesus said, you're my disciples indeed. This is the call of the bride. This is an entering into a relationship. This is not a denominational move. We can say the message will never denominate and we're hide behind that. And we say, oh, it's not far. But you can live a denominational life. 
you can just be robotic and show up at church, lift your hands like everybody else, and never come from the heart. I'll tell you what, God's looking for those that have got a heart towards Him. Oh, Brother Ed, you're pricking me this morning. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit wants. He wants you to come a little higher. We're not in the traditional mindset. Sometimes we view the message. We put it in carnal terms. You know, when we were in Pentecost, we came a little higher. We had a little better understanding. No, this is not in that same format. It's not under that old, if I can call it, Levitical order. This is after the order of Melchizedek. Where there's a discerning of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Where it's a daily relationship. Listen, I know it's Thanksgiving weekend. We have one service today. But if you have a chance and you feel like you're cheated because you didn't get two services, there's a couple good messages I recommend to you. One, invisible union of the bride. Spoken on Thanksgiving, the last Thanksgiving message Brother Branham ever spoke And he says this, much like the song that we heard this morning before the roses ever fade. He says, I come here to Life Tabernacle, and it seems like every year one of us is missing. And he says, by the time we get back next year, there may be one of us missing, not knowing that it would be he himself that was missing. But he speaks a Thanksgiving message. And he speaks it, and he talks in there about the pilgrims. He says, when they came into a new land... He says, when they came into a new land, he says, they were very thankful that they had separated for this newfound way of life, that they had separated from the old English denominations and creed. They could marry the new anointed word for their age. Oh, I'm thankful, he says, that we as pilgrims, like Abraham, have separated ourselves from the things of the world. Abraham was a pilgrim. I've been separated. I think you need to recognize this is not just the old denominational mindset. This is the kingdom of God that has come in this last days to gather a bride together. Don't let it be common to you. I I think we become far too common in our thinking. We we view the minister, oh, that's brother so-and-so, you know, he has this way about him, and we do those things, and we, we view it as commonality. And if we're not careful, we lose the respect that God has ordained for an office. And he says, if you can't respect the man, respect the office. We view our deacons, oh, that's brother so-and-so, and we make a flippant comment, we got to be very careful. This is the kingdom of God. We can read in the message, and you can actually go, and, and you, if I told you, what does Hebrews 13, 8 say? Many of you could repeat it offhand. Does anybody repeat it offhand? Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many knows what the verse before that says? Remember them which have the rule over you. Wow, right in the same channel of thought. Who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Or, or the word before that, the scripture before that, that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man will say do unto me. 
You know, Hebrews, Romans chapter 13 actually parallels this almost. It says, there's anointings, there's powers, there's principalities. You've got to be subject unto one or the other. I'll say this, let me respect. I, I, I don't know if it's appropriate to say it right now, but years ago, remember I was coming to the church, just young here, and somebody just made a remark to me once. Brother Harold needs to remember he's just an upholsterer. I, it just took me aback. And I go, I've never thought of it that way. And I hope I don't think of it that way. Because I saw him as my pastor. And I respected that office. And I think we need to respect what God has done. You want to be more sincere? Respect the order that God has put in place. Friends, we are not far from the kingdom. Satan wants to, to, to water down. He, you know, he's, he's so taken this age. Watered down marriage. Watered down respect. Watered down what young people respect of old people. I say, let's put it back on the throne. Listen, Brother Harold, don't feel bad. They said the same thing about Jesus. Is this not just the son of the carpenter? If you want to view it that way, go ahead. But Jesus asked Peter, who do you say I am? You're the Christ, the son of the living God. What is the message to you? There's an order God has. I've got to subject myself to that order. I've got to subject myself to it. When, 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 when a service comes and one of, one of these other brothers are preaching, I say, Lord, let the anointing rest upon him. Let him deliver the word of God. Let it be pure and without favor. Let it, I, listen, I, 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 that was just, just going through these things here, but I've I got to move on. Luke chapter 19. How many are with me this morning? Listen, I know that you might get fed later wherever you go. And after you get fed, you might get a little sleepy. You might take a nap. You might relax. But I'll tell you what, if you're fed with spiritual food, it'll elevate you. It'll burn in you. It'll, it'll, it'll last you far longer than the Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah, and, 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 and you know what? It actually does something good for you. Not to say that the turkey doesn't. It does good things too. Luke chapter 19. Jesus is speaking. I, I won't read all of this. I could read verses 1 to 5. But here he comes through Jericho. He meets, there's a guy named Zacharias, Zacchaeus. who was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich. He sought to see Jesus. But he, was, he, had, a, he had trouble. He was vertically challenged. And he climbed a sycamore tree in verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, he's walking under the tree, he looks up, and he says, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all were glad. Actually, that's not what it says. They all murmured. In other words, carnality can get in the way 
of something God is doing. Friends, we cannot view church just carnally. We can't say, okay, I registered. Okay, they're going to sing a couple specials. Brother's going to preach so-and-so. If it's Brother Ed, it's going to be another 15, 20 minutes longer. And, and, and they can say it all that way. But I'll say, you got to catch what the Spirit of God is speaking to the church. So he says, they murmured and said, this, he was gone to be a guest with a man that was a sinner. So they viewed what Jesus did through carnal eyes. I, let, me, let me pull this out because in, in, in the end of the message, Brother Branham would take a whole little set, part of this here, and I'm just going to take this quickly. He says, we find out always in churches and organizations when natural and spirit, spiritual meet, there's always a clash. When you come to a service and there's those that are entering in, it's wonderful, but there's those that... It's a clash. And God watches. And God knows. The word is a discerner. Now, am I pointing at it? No, I'm not pointing at anyone. Have I ever done this? I probably have. And I stand guilty. Because I think that's not where I thought the service should go. But God may lead that service for one person. And we need to enter in and say, Lord, you know what you're doing. It's not my business. Whatever you're leading that man to do, I will enter into it. And he says, there's always a clash. It clashes. So here, they, they looked at this carnally, naturally, instead of spiritually. And Zacchaeus, he, he said, you know, here's this man, he's taking, he's inviting this sinner to come eat with us. But Zacchaeus now answers, and he stood in verse 8 and says, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore to him the fourth. All of a sudden, their minds change. Wow! What happened to him? The word came to him. The kingdom of God came to him. It wasn't just psychology. It wasn't just words that convinced. This was penetrating. This was a quick work. I'm going to say it this way. That God is here today. He can do a quick work. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to have to read this slowly, but let me finish the scripture. He says, verse 9, and Jesus said, this day is salvation come to this house. For as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Didn't look like it, did it? But he was a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. We try to polish up people just to make a good church member. But God wants to do a work. Oh, I thank God he's doing a work. Let me, let me read this. This is now Brother Branham just speaking in, in a couple of places. And I need to, I need to just take it because... I, and I'm going to take this from the thought of, it, you know, discernment was not just somebody reading a mind. We've often got that in our mind. He, he's catching something, you know, he's, he's, he's just doing something and he's, he's reading it. No, he's not. 
This man comes to Brother Branham in a prayer line. And as he's there, all of a sudden... Now, I, I, I'm going to preface this by saying, Brother Branham rebuked Jefferson Tabernacle. He said, what attitude do we sit in here this morning? Is it just a story to us? Is this something not more real? Friends, I, I think sometimes we, we demean what we have by just being carnal with it. I think it ought to be holy. It ought to be precious. I, I, I firmly believe that. And I think we need to, in our conversation... Just be a little more respectful and honorable about what God is doing. I'll tell you what, those that talked about him, those are the ones he comes to. Those are the ones on the road to Emmaus. Now he's, he's Brother Bram's talking, now this is not just reading a mind. He's saying, now you're ill. He's talking to a man. You've been to a doctor. He really would advise an operation, and the operation is on the colon. Oh, no, sorry, it's a sister he's talking to. And he says, that's right, she says. That's true, isn't it, brother? And then he says, here's another thing. You're desperately in need of a spiritual dot, 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 doesn't say. And the sister says, yes, amen. You haven't been feeling right. You're kind of washed away a little. Now, I'm going to address this for a moment to all of us, that us, and I'm including myself, that have been Holy Ghost-filled believers but you're not at the place you once were. You're not as fervent as you once were. You've kind of washed away a little bit. It's not as meaningful as it once was. I'll say, Lord, change that attitude. We forget how that is sometimes. And what happens, it becomes a drudgery. You know, there's people that used to walk in the message, and they've left the message, and they've walked away, and they've said... Oh, man, I'm glad I never had to. Now I don't have to follow all those things about wearing my hair long and wearing those skirts. You see, it never was a joy. It never was a revelation. It never it was just legalism. It was just do's and don'ts. But when it becomes your chief joy, when you walk with him and when you talk with him and you know, oh, I'm walking with the king. I'm talking with him, the creator of heavens and earth. He's walking with me. Oh, and I tell you what, the roses smell better. The flowers, the leaves look better. The sky looks bluer. Your brother and sister look better, and you feel better. He says, you've kind of washed away a little, <laughs> and you want to come back. I'll tell you what. We prayed in the office before. We say, fill with the Holy Ghost, and tomorrow, fill again. And the next day, fill again. He said, you want to, he says, you're believing. Now he says, you want to come back. Now, he says, now listen to the next words. Well, you're back now. <laughs> Just the desire. You're back. You got it. It's all right now. Oh, it's that quick. You desire a closer walk with the Lord? Stand up and receive it. You want more of God? You can have it right now. You can do it right now. God is here right now. You can have it. 
just like that. He's here. The kingdom of God is nigh to you. God bless you. God bless you. And he says, well, you're back now. <laughs> Go believing with all your heart. You'll get well in Jesus' name. And then he says this, your sins are forgiven you. Go believing. And I'm sure there was somebody sitting there. Huh? Your sins are forgiven you. <laughs> Brother Branham catches it. He says, now, I never said sins forgiven. He said that. <laughs> Whoa. What did we receive, friends? This is the kingdom of God. This is not something far off. This is the kingdom of God. See, it wasn't me. It was him. You know, you can have that in any service. It, it, it can happen through a vessel. It can happen through a fellowship. And, and you can recognize that's not brother so-and-so speaking. That's God speaking. I receive that, Lord. That was you directing all of that for me. Oh, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now that office is gone, but that God is not gone. That discernment of the heart is not gone. That God has actually worked on a young man to say, I want to be baptized today. That God knows where you're at today. He is here today. He understands. He can move things. He can do things. Now he also goes on to say, Here's another. Actually, if you ever want to do this, type in these key words. You don't have it now. And, and put parentheses around it and lock in. You don't have. You'll find 23 times in the message. Brother Branham is praying. I'll just read one of them here. He says, now he says, sister, there's a light that flashed around this woman. I believe the hour is here for her healing. Lord, you're the creator of heavens and earth. And I pray for this. Dear sister, may those headaches that's hurting her and bothering her. Oh, she's tried in every way. She couldn't get rid of it. Satan, you have hid from the doctor, but you can't hide from God. He knows right where you are. In the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, come from the woman. And then he stops. All right. Sister, you don't have it now. <laughs> How would you love to hear those words? You don't have it now. You don't have to walk with condemnation anymore. You don't have to walk with sickness anymore. That God, that kingdom is here today. Right, listen, I, I'm not, it's not about me. I'm a part of the kingdom. Brother Max is a part of the kingdom. Sister Bethia, you're a part of the kingdom. Every one of you is a part of that kingdom. And whatever you desire, you can have it. Because that kingdom has come to us. Now I really, I really have not even got to where I... I'm on page one. My goodness. Okay, but I, let, me, let, me just, let me just move on a little bit with a couple of things here. Okay, I'm going to jump ahead. Let's go to Brother Mark. I'm skipping a bunch of scriptures. We're going to pick them up. Don't worry. We're not going to lose them. They're still here. Daniel chapter 2. 
Let me just share this quote before we turn there. I could read you all those quotes of Brother Branham. He goes on to say this. This is in the seventh seal. Now, I want you just to take this comment and think about it. Excuse me. Brother Branham came by direct leadership of God to preach the seven seals. He received something out west, and he came back out west, and he came back east with a message. Now, I'll just drop it in quickly. In the Old Testament, the priest would come in at the east, and he would move to the west from the outer court to the holy of holies, to the holiest place, to the holy of holies. And he would come and they would drag a rope around him in case when he came out that he couldn't come or the sacrifice wasn't accepted. Then they'd have to send somebody in. But if the sacrifice was accepted and his walk was pure and his walk was right, he turned around and he went back east. And he went back east with a message. You're going to be okay, Israel. Your sins are forgiven you, Israel. It's forgiven you. The message we've received is not just a type. The message is a reality. The message is saying, your sins are forgiven you. It's been accepted. Read Invisible Union if you have a chance. If I can say there's another message that you want to listen to on the weekend, you have some time, go and listen to Brother Ron Spencer. Who is Jesus? Who are you? Because I'll tell you, friends, you might be recognized in this church, but does heaven recognize you? And you might recognize Jesus, but does the devil recognize you? And I'll say, I don't want to put fear or condemnation on anybody, but I'm just saying, let it prick your hearts to go a little higher. Is that all right? Now, seventh seal, Brother Branham speaking. People came to those meetings. Listen, he didn't even have his text in place. This was not a man comparing Scripture with Scripture. A student comparing theology with theology. Brother Branham even took his notes and said, I studied this, then he came. About noon, he came. Oh, and it opened up, friends. This was so sovereign. This was God. Now, let me just say this. Calvary will never have to be paid for. But when it opened up this, it should change our attitude to what Calvary did and what rights you have. And you should recognize every redemptive blessing that the devil held back, it was paid at Calvary. And the message we have received is to show us our place in Christ. People came to those meetings because they wanted to see discernment. Because they wanted to see healings, naturally. But this was on another level. Now listen to what Brother Branham says. Seventh seal. Now after a week of meetings, I'm sure you've noticed the things that's happening this week. I'm sure you've noticed the little Collins boy laying there dying the other night. 
that little leukemia girl, the kingdom of God is coming. Now, he's not talking up there. He's talking about things that are happening right here. The kingdom of God is coming. Why is the devil howling? Because if you catch this revelation, if I catch this revelation, and we work together, nothing will stop us. She'll be an invincible army. That's the kingdom that we have received. He said, it's coming more from the negative to the positive. We hang on to Brother Branham. I hang on to it because I listen to his tapes every, if not every day, every week. I'm listening to his voice. I'm feeding on it day by day. His going away has not diminished the kingdom. In fact, it's helped us to look beyond the human element part. Otherwise, we'd all be crowding around him. But really, now I say it this way, when John the Baptist came and he was beheaded, did that diminish the kingdom? No. In fact, John the Baptist made this statement. He says, I'm the friend of the bridegroom. And he says, I must decrease, he must increase. And he says, my joy is to see the bridegroom in his joy. I'm paraphrasing in other words, it's not about me, it's about him. And I would say the same is true in this day. It's not about Brother Branham, it's about the bridegroom in the bride. And it hasn't diminished. In fact, it's increasing. I'll tell you what, we're on the tip of it. And we're moving into it. Don't miss it. It's not another move. It's a kingdom. My goodness. Okay, Daniel chapter 2. This was, when I first wrote my notes, this was the second scripture I had. I'm not going to, don't worry. I know it's one service. I'm not going to preach two. Daniel chapter 2, this is, I'm going to have to, we'll just start reading it from verse 17. I'm going to pick some of this up on Wednesday, the Lord willing, but uh, sorry, Daniel 2, sorry, verse, I, I could read it, but this is when Nebuchadnezzar was the king and he had a dream and he couldn't understand the dream, and, and, and if you read verses 17 down to 22, it actually, where Daniel went, they sought God, he made it known, the secret was revealed to God, let's read verse 21. He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings. He sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He reveals the deep and secret things. He knows what's in the darkness and the light dwells with him. Daniel will actually go into verses 28, 29, and 30. He says, it's not me. It's not my gift. It's God who reveals these things. A true prophet always gives glory back to God. And then he begins to relate in verses 31 to 36. He begins to relate... The, the, what the king saw in the image of the, the head of, of gold and the breast uh, uh, and arms of silver, the belly and thighs of brass, the legs of iron, his feet 
part of iron, part of clay, a stone which was cut without hands, smote the image. Now listen. Thou sawest, verses 34, thou sawest till that a stone was cut without hands, which smote the image upon the feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces. And then the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold, broke to pieces together, became like the chaff of the summer and threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, and there was no place found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. We took Hebrews 12 about the mountain that you've come to. And I need, I need to re- relate this. Now, Daniel sees the image, and then he tells him, this is, this is what you saw in your dream. This is what it is, king. You're the king. You're the head of gold. After you, there's another kingdom that's inferior to you. And he says, and then another kingdom that's inferior to you. So that's the silver. That's the brass. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron. And verses of verse 40, for as much as iron breaks into pieces, subdues all things, as iron that breaks into pieces, it shall break into pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet, the toes, the part of the potter's clay, the part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. And there shall be in it the strength of iron, but it's mixed as iron with clay. And it talks about the toes. And then it goes down to it. It's partly divided. Da, da, da. Verse 44. All of that for this, just to give you a background. And in the days of these kings, now, if you're an average message reader, and you know this, only a prophet could pick this up. But there was Russia at that time when Brother Branham is speaking it, and he says, the man in charge of Russia was Khrushchev, which the meaning of that was iron. The man in charge of the other great kingdom in the earth which was the USA, the leader was Eisenhower, which means, sorry, Khrushchev means clay, and and Eisenhower means uh, iron. Sorry, I got that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Thank you for all of you that looked at me with confused faces. Um, Appreciate you not amening at that part. Now, we can look back and say, that's history. That's nice. But hang on a second. That was just a sign. That ought to tell you, just like Daniel did, we're standing on the brink of the fulfillment. There'll never rise another kingdom like these kingdoms that were in the earth. And it says this, and it says, in the days of those kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. Oh, it's happening right now. And he says, which shall never be destroyed. The kingdom shall be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. The stone that was cut out of the mountains without hands break into pieces. It says that great God has made known. That, that stone is what's happening right now. Amen. Now, there had to be... I, I, I feel like I, I need to just condense my thoughts as I wind down here. There had to be in that time, let me just say it, in the, in the prophetic part, but now in the fulfillment, there had to be a voice that would declare it. Now, Daniel actually saw three kingdoms, four kingdoms in his time. This is part of my Wednesday service. There, there was King Nebuchadnezzar, Belteshazzar, there was King Darius, and then there was King Cyrus. So those were four kings in the time of captivity. Now, 
The next kingdom that came, and this is not the fulfillment of this prophecy, but I'm just saying in a type. Now, look at what happens to Nebuchadnezzar's son. Nebuchadnezzar became high, lifted up, full of pride. God had to reduce him, give him a heart like an animal. His, his, you know, he grew hair, long nails, etc. And his pride was humbled. So let's just jump ahead to Daniel chapter 5. You can read in the last part of chapter 4 of the end of Nebuchadnezzar, how he was full of humility and he thought all of that. Now, in, in Daniel chapter 5, if you read this in verse 1, Belshazzar, the king of the great feast of a thousand uh, of his lords, drank wine before the thousand. Now, this is a kingdom. Daniel he had spoke to Nebuchadnezzar. He received it. But now look at Belshazzar. The next generation, it, it wasn't as important anymore. And I'm just saying, we've been through generations. I, I, the old timers, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but when Kennedy was elected in the time of Brother Branham, that was a Catholic in the White House. That was, that was like, we're at the end. Listen, if I had a time, I'd play you a video of a current president in the United States, and he's addressing the Catholics and the value that the Catholics have. I, I don't know who's going to get elected November 4th, but whatever it is, listen, I, I'm, I'm not a politician, and I don't want to make political oratories. And, and you might think, I got my man. I'll tell you what, my man is up there. Amen. My kingdom is up there. I, I'm not a democrat, neither am I republican. Okay? I'm neither of those two. Because all, it's all a system. The, the kingdom had degraded to such a level, it doesn't matter who you put in, they have gone off the charts. Now, look at, look at what this, this guy did here. It didn't devalue, but the attitude, that's why you need to be in the Word. Don't rely on your intellect. You need to be saying, God, make the Word real to me. Now, Belshazzar, the king, made a great feast. He's drinking his own great feast. And then verse 2, while he's tasting the wine, he gets this thought. Why would you get this thought? He gets this thought and he says, Bring the golden and silver vessels that my father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem. I, I'm sure he had lots of goblets that he didn't need to go there. I mean, they could have pulled out the paper cups and the paper plates. I know that's common these days because it saves on doing dishes. But, he, you know, he had to go to that place. And when he came to that place, here they brought these goblets out. They did all of these things. They'd gone into such a drunken stupor, they never realized how far off they'd gone. Now, I'm, I'm going to say it this way. I watched over the last six months... You can watch the BLM movement and what they stand for. Listen, in Christ, we're neither black nor white. In Christ, we're neither Jew nor Gentile. In Christ, we're all things. You don't have to go to those things. Just stay in Christ. And I say it this way. I watched the movement. I watched the, uh, what do they call it? The defund movements. I've watched, I could show you a, a video clip in, where there's complete anarchy we're a group of militia standing, guarding places because the police wasn't. You talk about a time of unrest. Then I can go all the way to Portland. And in Portland, they had a bonfire. 
And they decided to protest all the things. They're going to burn a book. You know what the book is? The Bible. Portland, Oregon. They're going to burn the Bible. Started with one, and then they got their signs, placards. This is against the LBGQ. This is against the such and such. And they're going to burn this book. The book that teaches people to obey governments, to pay their taxes, to live good and honorable lives, to do these things. But they've gone so far. Friends, it's like Belteshazzar's feast all over again. Now, I don't think it's, a, it's an accident that it was at Portland, Oregon that the maniac charged Brother Branham. Now, I'm going to say it this way. That was a, a kingdom, and I'm going to say that was on earth. And if you listen to the account, the chief of the devils challenged God's servant. Now, you read what Brother Branham says. And he says, and God accepted the challenge. Now, I'm going to tell you, that man is dead. But that spirit is still alive. And it's, I don't believe it's an accident that at Portland you're seeing Bibles burned because that demon still lives. But so does the kingdom of God. The devil takes his man. Now listen, that demon spirit could not be harnessed by police, by law, by health community. Nothing could stop that demon. And when that demon made a charge, and Brother Branham saw him coming, and the police, and Brother Branham says, this is not a flesh and blood affair. I'm going to ask you, what kingdom was there right then? Because no other kingdom on earth could stop that man. But there was a kingdom on earth coming into power. Friends, that kingdom is still here today. It exists in praying believers. I'm not saying we go out and challenge it. But I'll say this. If sickness hits your home, you have a right. If, if the devil comes against you, you can claim your lost loved one. Whatever comes, you're part of a kingdom now. Belt is, I, I don't know what was in his mind. Let me take something Brother Branham says, because he refers to this scripture. I've got to wind down. I, I haven't covered all of my notes, but that's okay. Now he says this, and I tell you what, the land, the land. I, I have no idea what's going to happen in a month from now after the election in the United States. I don't even know what's going to happen in Canada. I know you're supposed to pray for your leaders. I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. Now he says this, he's, he's praying. Now I, I want you to just, I'll, I'll wind my thoughts. I, I really haven't covered everything, but it's okay. He's praying in a message, this is in a message, the called out 1958. Have faith in God. It's time for me to leave. The boy is pushing me. Will you believe with all your heart? Now, everything that was in that vessel, stand to your feet for a moment. You know, why, why do we... I, Sorry, I'm digressing. This whole COVID thing. You can, I'll tell you what, some people pay more, rule, more attention to the rules of the government than they do the Bible. Now, I'm going to say this. There's legitimate reasons that we obey the things we do. 
there's legitimate reasons that some can't be in services and do things. But I'll say this. Be careful. That you don't allow, because I think it's a demon that's trying to stop us from connecting with one another. I really do. And I'll say this. If you're content just to sit back and say, I can drop in every once I'll be okay. I, I worry. I worry. And that doesn't mean you don't connect at home and that you don't do those things. Listen, I'm not against that, but I'm saying it's a demon. And he's trying to stop us. And I'll say this, you need to be committed. There's, there's a whole part of this, you know, if, if, if you, it's going to be the love of God that will drive you. It's not going to be the rules that are going to direct you, but the love of God will drive you. I, I, I can't make it to service, but the next chance I can, I will. I, I can't do it without doing this. I mean, we do we obey the rules. We're, we're doing all the things we can. But I'll say, don't let yourself fall into something. Okay, I'm sorry I digressed. Now he says, I'm going to ask you to do something. And I did this because he says, stand up, everyone. Do you believe the Son of God is being revealed from heaven? Lay your hands on one another. Now, the other night we had a little prayer meeting with a few brothers. There was a couple of brothers that would come. They couldn't come. And they said, we're going to be at home. We're going to be at home praying. And we're all praying together. I'll tell you what, we were just as connected with those that weren't with us as those that were with us. And I think you can make that kind of connection. I had on my heart with somebody and we just had a need that we felt was very pressing. And I said, let's agree together on this day and we're going to pray and fast for this need. I'll tell you what, those prayers... That's why I spoke stubborn spirits. They don't come out but by prayer and fasting. But when you agree and when you're sincere, you watch God come on the scene. Now he says this, lay your hands, put your hands over one another. Listen, let's have the musicians come. I'm going I'm to wind down with this because we need to make way for the baptism here. I'll just, just, I'll just hold, hold back on the quote. Is this all right this morning? How many are happy to be a Christian this morning? If I'm, if I'm harder, it hits you a little bit, that's okay. Uh, if I don't say what God put on my heart, then I'm, I'm guilty. I, I don't want to just be the one that comes and gives a nice Thanksgiving message. I am thankful for everything. I don't want to be hard. I don't want to be those things. But I, I feel a burden that we need to come up, come up a little higher. Why don't we stand together? I'm going to read this quote as we close this morning. Now he says, I'm going to ask you something. Do you believe the Son of God is being revealed from heaven? Now this may seem strange, but he says, lay your hands on one another. Put your hands over on the other one. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Everyone who is present, who is present will make you well. Now he prays, dear God of heaven. Now I believe when Elijah prayed, At Mount Carmel, God heard him. Dear God of heaven, have mercy tonight. We're tired, we're weak. But Lord, just at this moment, may you send your spirit in such a blast that it will shake the sin shackles of unbelief from this audience. And may they be filled just now with faith and power that they may be healed. And then 
this comes forth and he says, Satan, your days are numbered. Now, no man just says that. I'll tell you what, the Holy Ghost has come down to tell the, to tell the devil, the iniquity of the Amorites is about full. Belteshazzar's feast has happened again. Satan, your days are numbered. Your time is finished. And I'm going to say, you have a right to step out this morning. You have a right to cross that line. And say, why? Because this kingdom is coming into power. Under this kingdom, under David's kingdom, it was men that were tired of being oppressed under the rule of Saul. And they said, I'll join myself to David. I recognize him to be the king. I'll tell you what, I recognize this message is the calling out of a bride. And I'm willing to stand, I'm willing to give my life for it. Satan, your days are numbered. Your kingdom has been numbered. Your weighed in the balance and found wanting. Come out of this audience and away from this people. Oh, friends, you can set your trajectory the right way just now. Don't be afraid that I'm stepping out. I'm overstepping my boundaries. You're not overstepping your boundaries. If you're a son or daughter of God and you have a need this morning, play something softly, Sister Angie. You have a need of something, you can have it this morning. Why? There's a kingdom of God that's come here. You, you can say, well, the message is just do's and don'ts. It's just legal. And as long as I come to church and pay my tithes, if that's all the message is to you, then fine. I, you know what? But if there's something more, if you know in your heart I've been robbed of something and I desire to get something more. Or you know in your heart it's not good enough to show up to church once in a while. It's not good enough just to be on the church attendance book. But I need the token. We have a young man this morning. God was dealing with him since last year. He made a change in his life. And he said, came to me after the youth service. And he said, it was in March when Brother Max spoke the last service. He asked himself this question. Do I have the token? I need the token. And he felt there was something hindering him. He'd been baptized, but he'd done it at a younger age, and he did it while he was away from home. He did it because of some things. But he said, I didn't do it for the right reasons. Now, we never told him that. But God spoke to him. And he responded to God. Now, you may have heard me this morning. Maybe something pricked in your heart. I'm not speaking to you. I'm the voice, but there's somebody else here who's speaking this morning. And whatever he tells you to do, you do it. You listen to him. I'm, I'm not just showing up at service to fill in time, waiting for the next meeting. Or No, I, I'm at the point where every service matters. And I think we need to approach it that way. It's time to go home, friends.
We need the Lord. I could ask for a show of hands and sometimes it becomes routine. Do you need the Lord? Yeah. But I want you really to think this morning. What do I really need from God this morning? I'm not just part of this group. I'm not just part of this family. I, I, I'm, but Lord, it's now it's me and you. You look into the recesses of my heart, Lord. What do I need from you? Now we're going to sing a song or two, but I want you to stay in that vein just for a few moments and be honest with God. We can't lay hands on one another right now. But I'll tell you what, we can be joined spirit to spirit, heart to heart. You may have come for many years, got the correct teaching, the correct theology, doing the right thing, but you didn't get the spark. That's like taking a car and polishing up the hubcaps and saying, look at my nice car as you push it down the road. Look at this car. I'm pushing it. Look at everybody. God doesn't want you to push your car. He wants you to get in the car. He wants to let the power of God move you in every facet of your life. In your job, in your finances, in your relationship. He wants to take control. The kingdom of God has come down. Don't look to stay under. Well, I'm under the house of my parents. I'm No. You're under the direct auspices of God this morning. You can go to theological school and all they do is give you a gas tank full of fuel. But they don't give you the spark. Only God gives you the spark. They say actually in science, you go right down to breeding. And if it was in bulls or whatever it was. But they talked about the whole chain of all the sperm and all the eggs and how they actually have to come up to the tube and do such a thing. And even to get to that point, it's like a one in a million. But then to get there, and when there's finally a connection under a microscope, they show when the sperm actually hits the egg, there's a spark. When does life start? When you surrender your heart. Sometimes you let one little thing hold us back. If you love the world or the things of the world more than you love God, he says, my life's not even in you. I know it's maybe a little more sobering as we close, but we're moving home. We're going to Zion. What are you playing? Let's sing it, Brother Marion. Completely so. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
closed as we're going to sing that again. are closed at this moment if God has just pricked your heart a little and you felt that nudge and you just want to say it to him and him alone nobody's looking why don't you slip your hand up to him and don't just make this the end of it say Lord whatever it is Lord give me grace that I can walk in the light and the power of your kingdom I don't just want to see the prophet in his place. I want to see myself in my place. God sees the heart. If there's somebody that's grown a little cold, somebody that's just not as fervent as they used to be, there may be somebody not here visible, but there may be somebody at home. Every eye is closed, every household. And you just want to tell the Lord, Father, light the fire that once burned. You lift your hands. There's somebody that would like a refilling of the Holy Ghost. And you want to lift your hands. If there's somebody that's never had the Holy Ghost, can I say it? You turn your heart completely to God. You surrender completely to God. And you can have it right now. You have it, just like the prophet said. I'm not saying that. But your faith can say that. As we bow our heads, Heavenly Father, at we close this service. Father, these things are burdensome, heavy things sometimes. Lord, we're not against anybody. But we have a huge burden. Moms and dads for their children. Ministers for congregations. Lost loved ones that are out there. But Lord, we lift them up before you this morning. Father, we're grieved by the things that we do wrong in our lives. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive me. But, oh God, let the kingdom of God come. Lord, as you look on the earth, and there's not many places that are welcome for the Holy Spirit anymore. But, Lord, may you look at end time message tabernacle. May that dove be pleased to fly in this building this morning. 
May that love be pleased to go from pew to pew this morning. May there not be a resistance in the heart. And if there is, Lord, may there be a change in the heart. Oh, Father, maybe there's someone that's been afflicted and grieved. But, Lord, drop faith in this morning. The kingdom of God is coming into power. More than Khrushchev or Eisenhower. But, Lord, at an individual level. We're taking possession. Father, I pray you'll bless your people. Thank you for everyone that listened attentively. Lord, we commit this service, the remainder of it, unto you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, my heart is open. Lord, my heart is open. So our hearts to him. Lord, my heart is open.